Welcome to another inspirational message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more information and great content, jump over to our website at elamchurchchristchurchcity.org. We hope you enjoy this message. I I just feel like uh, every time, I say this often, I I don't know if you realise this, but I'm a faith guy, meaning I, I believe that I have to step into what God has for me. Uh, and, and that's by faith. Uh, nothing just happens automatically. Uh, I have to step into it. Uh, just like blessing with a car or an answer to prayer or whatever. You've got to step into it. You've got to step into faith. Uh, I, I, th- I thank God that we're here in a, an environment of faith. Amen. Where there are, if you're lacking in faith, it's a good thing you're in church. Because there's bound to be other people around you that are oozing with faith. And all you just got to get around them. Uh, and and if, if you can't get around them, get around me. Because I, I just, I'm a faith guy. Meaning I just believe God's always going to come through. He's always going to answer His prayers. Why? Because that's the bigness of my God. I see God as ultimate. Uh, and there is no one that compares to God. No situation. No circumstance that, that uh, parallels with my God. My God is infinitely bigger uh, than any situation I go through. So when I go to faith, I'm relying on the bigness of my God uh, and I see the smallness of my issues. Amen. And, and so that's faith. Who's ready for a bit of faith this morning? Come on. All right. So now that you're ready, why don't you just close your eyes, Father, in the name of Jesus. Uh, I, I just thank you for the people in this room here this morning. I thank you, Father, that you're giving us this opportunity to sit under an atmosphere of faith. And that in the next few moments, as we, as we lean into your word, as we rest in you, I pray that you would come in a very real way and meet with us. I, I pray that there would be answers to prayer. There would be breakthrough. There would be healing. There would be miracles that would take place as the word is released this morning. I, I, I pray this is not just another ordinary morning, not another ordinary Sunday, but every time we gather in your presence, something fresh can take place. And so we thank you, Lord God, for this morning. We praise you for our children out there in their programs. We thank you for those who are not able to gather here this morning. We just, we just pray an absolute favor over every single person, all those watching online, all those in the Philippines, all those here right now. Lord, we gather under your anointing, your grace, in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said? Amen and amen. Thanks, team. Give these guys a big hand. I'm loving it. Yay. Pretty good-looking bunch, I might say. They're so so good. We're so blessed with the uh, people who serve here. Uh, how many know that? Uh, just every week, we're just so blessed. And I uh, just want to honour all of them. I, I want to start by um, sharing a short story with us this morning. There's a photo, I'm hoping. We've got this photo. Now, some of you might recognise this face straight away, but others probably won't. Uh, this guy is uh, Jason Weaver. Jason Weaver uh, was a child, child star, child actor, and singer, and he had the lead role in the, in the series, The Jacksons. Do you guys remember that series? It came out in 1992. 
You guys remember it now? No. It's a number of years ago. Uh, and he played Michael in the Jacksons and a uh, very great singer. The, the story goes that uh, Jason Weaver, no relation to Steve Weaver, or, okay, that's an in-house joke. There's a guy in our church named Steve Weaver. Okay, sorry. In-house jokes, cancel those. All right. So, so Jason, anyway, Jason Weaver, uh, the story goes that he was singing in a studio uh, and recording his uh, sing- songs for this TV series. Uh, there was a man that just happened to be there that particular day uh, by the name of Alton John. Anybody heard of him? Yeah, see, now you know. Yeah. And so Alton John just happened to be there in the same studio that Jason Weaver was singing in, and he loved his voice so much that he invited him uh, to be part of a new project that Elton John was, was uh, entering into. Uh, this very small project was called The Lion King. And uh, oh, so now we're all on the same page. There we go. <laughs> Elton John was charged with writing all the script, the musical, and all the songs for the movie The Lion King. And he loved Jason's voice so much that he invited him to be the voice, the singing voice of Simba. So there are two songs that uh, feature this man, who's a lot older now than what he was back then. Um, I just can't wait to be king. And Hakuna Matata. Well, we could we could sing those songs, right? Oh, I just can't wait to be king. Okay. Anyway, just a lot higher frequency, the higher pitch. Um, so. After the negotiations um, uh, they entered into, they, they, rec- they recorded the songs. Jason recorded the songs, and they were amazing. Um, now, Disney l- wanted the songs so badly, they offered Jason $2 million for the rights to those two songs. But Jason's mother was his manager, and she turned down the offer. $2 million in the 1990s would have been worth like $4 million in today's currency. You know, and, uh, and so she turned it down and instead uh, asked for $100,000 up front plus royalties. She was a smart lady. That movie went on to become one of Disney's most successful movies of all time. Those two songs went on to become one of the most, two of the most successful songs of all time. And this young man, who is now an adult, not only surpassed the $2 million in royalties, he actually made more than that, but he has money coming in for the rest of his life. How amazing. Praise God for mothers with a bit of wisdom. Amen, somebody. Let's give our mums a big hand. Why am I saying all this? Well, today we are looking at the topic of the wisdom psalms. And uh, I, I love this topic because I believe that we in the church, more than anything else in our lives, we need wisdom in these days. Uh, I believe we need the wisdom of God to live out uh, the, lives, the life that we're called to live in God. And wisdom is also uh, like discernment as well. We need to discern the times that we're living in. Amen, somebody. And so 
Uh, this morning we're looking at the wisdom science, but let me just do a quick summary of where we've gone to just for the sake of those who are just joining us this morning. If you are joining with us this morning, we've been on a journey on the Psalms, and we've titled it The Playlist uh, simply because we believe that the Psalms in the, in the Bible here are really a playlist of, of songs and poems of of, uh, of, I guess, uh, images of God that God wants uh, to paint uh, of his relationship with his people and his people with God. The Psalms are really a tool for us to give words to the expression in our hearts, to that which is going on in our spirits. When we're feeling grieved about something, guess what? There is language in the Psalms to help you grieve in a biblical way. If, you're, if you are celebratory, if you're in celebration about something good, guess what? There are celebration psalms in, in here to help you uh, to celebrate the goodness of God in a biblical way. And uh, pretty much everything pertaining to your experiences in life, you can find language in the psalms. That's why we title it The Playlist. Because you know, how many know that the old days of the cassette tapes? No, 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 half the room, you know, probably won't remember this. Uh, uh, those cassette tapes, you know, we, we used to make those mixtapes and all that sort of stuff, and they just express our desires and our hearts. Amen. Is that enough of a summary, just the intro this morning? All right, so I want to begin by kind of defining for us what the Bible uh, terms as, or defines, I should say, as wisdom. And... Uh, we can actually go to the Bible quite quickly in Proverbs 1 and find the biblical definition for wisdom. All right, so Proverbs chapter 1, it says this, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, by the way, he was known as the most wisest man that had ever lived. Um, and this is what it says, verse 2, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction and prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. Underline that. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables and sayings and riddles of the wise. And then it goes on in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So if you were to ask me the question, no, define wisdom. Well, I would go to this passage and I would say, say to you, it is about receiving instructions and in how we should behave, how we should do what is right, just, and fair. Amen, somebody. Wisdom is a little bit more than just knowledge. Knowledge is like information Wisdom is the application of that information. Right. It's actually the application of what we've actually discovered. Uh, many times people go to this book here called the Bible. They read through it. They read the commentaries. They go alongside of this. They, they study it. They study the meanings of words. They uh, look out of all the definitions, the different types, you know, realizing that, that the uh, Old Testament and New Testament were written in different languages. So they study the different languages of Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek. And um, what they, 
a lot often do is stay at that point, but none of it actually is helpful until we apply it. The Word only becomes flesh when we apply it into our lives. Uh, that's why knowledge, the Bible teaches us, puffs up, and uh, because it, it just fills our minds with, with information. But I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I feel like I'm, over, I'm, I'm on overload with information. Uh, you know, there's just constant uh, download of information, information. Every time you just turn on the TV or you, you, you read a newspaper or you, you watch something, you know, you're just, you're just bombarded with information. What we don't want is more information. What we really need is revelation. How, how to turn that into uh, application in my life. That's the, that's the goal. And, um, and so that is the purpose of the wisdom psalms. They were designed to help give us information that we actually could apply in our lives so that, this is the goal, so that we could live a life that is right and just and fair. A righteous life, a just life, and a fair life, that we could be like Christ here on earth. That's what it means to be a follower of Christ. You're, you're Christ-like. Uh, the image of Christ and his example of how he lived his life, we are supposed to reflect that in our lives. Um, and so that is the goal of the Wisdom Psalms. Now, for the sake of your notes, and I've got to make sure I keep to these notes. Um, if you haven't got them, find them somewhere. Somebody will help you with it. Um, but here's the first bit you can fill in. The Wisdom Psalms intentionally push the refresh button on the truth that God is good, his ways are best, and that obedience to him is the best way to live in the context of eternity. Amen, somebody. So we're going to look at a few snippets from Psalm 37 this morning. The reason I say a few is because it's a big chunk. And I just remember last week I tried to read the whole passage and I lost you after the first five verses. So I'm not going to do that this morning. I've learned from, the, from, from my experiences. See, that's wisdom in itself. And then I'm applying a different approach today. Okay. And so um, here's the first point that I wanted to make for us this morning. You've got to share your questions and concerns with people who you trust. When it comes to wisdom, um, it's often not just through uh, the word itself that we can gain it. It's actually through relationship with other people. And wisdom is, is uh, sometimes learned best through the experiences of other people. Can I say that? I just did, yeah. <laughs> what, what I find is um, scary is that we can have infant adults. We can have the adults in the followers of Christ who are still infant in the way they think. Who uh, The Bible teaches us when I was a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. But when I was a man, I put away those childhood things. Many of us, we're living our lives like a child. We haven't graduated or gravitated through the seasons 
because you're supposed to be graduating through the seasons and we're kind of stuck in the infant stage and so we're unable to receive all that the Lord has for us. Does that make sense? And one of the keys to getting through the different seasons of your life is to actually get alongside people who are further down than you, who see just a little bit further than you do, and who can speak into your life. I think that's, that's, that's so key for us today. Uh, let me read to you this passage uh, found in 1 Corinthians 4 and 15. It says here, Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. This is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. And he is saying you've got 10,000 guardians or leaders. Let's just say leaders. 10,000 leaders, 10,000 uh, um, pastors, 10,000 elders, whatever. But you don't have many fathers. And for in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. I believe today there's a real lack of fathers in the church. Now, when I say fathers, I also mean mothers, okay? So, all good. All right. But mature people who are a little bit further down than us that can actually speak into our lives. I believe there's a real lack of fathers. I've been going up and down this country in the last few years, and I was preaching in different churches, and every place I go, I see a lack of fathers. And the reason I see a lack of fathers is because somewhere in the developmental process of an individual, there was a, how should I say this, a roadblock or a, like a gap in the, in, the, in the development of individuals to the point where we relied on one or two people to do the work instead of releasing the church to be the fathers and the mothers in the house. Does that make sense? I'm going to get more confusing, but it'll get better in the end, okay? So I see the, I see the need. Because I see the infant adults who are young in the Lord, and remember, this is not an age thing, so don't get caught up in that. Just because you're older doesn't mean you are wise. And just because you're young doesn't mean you are naive. You can actually have people who are very young but wise in the Lord. We say they're mature before their, their years, beyond their years. But somehow within the context of, of the church, we have, we've, we've, we've stopped people's development. We've hindered their progress. We've said that they can only go this far and no further. And so, therefore, we've actually, by default, we've created infant adults who can, no, cannot, can only contribute in the house of the Lord and in the purposes of God to a certain point. Because when they reach that point, they, they either crumble, they get discouraged, disillusioned, or, or all of the above. Does that make sense? What we need 
is to break that and release the fathers to get, on, get alongside and help these people grow into the fullness of who they're supposed to be so that they reach maturity in the Lord. The goal for the church should be to reach maturity in the Lord. It, it should be to advance, to, the, to become the fullness of who Christ wanted you to be. Amen? Uh, you, you're not supposed to just live off of milk the rest of your life. You're actually supposed to take on solid food. And you're not supposed to be spoon-fed for the rest of your life. I think that would be tragic and, and scary if people just turned up every Sunday morning to be spoon-fed. Can you imagine a whole, a whole room of, say, 100 adults in high chairs? <laughs> and you've got one person going around. Here you go. Oh, here, you go. Here, here comes the train. But that's kind of how we've kind of presented church these days. I'm being critical of myself, okay? So I'm in the same camp. Where we've kind of said, well, that dude up the front, he's the one that has the word, and we'll give the word, and we just see and wait for the choo-choo train to come. Choo-choo-choo-choo, <laughs> needs to go into the cage. There we go. <laughs> but there's got to come a shift where we're no longer just relying on somebody else to, to feed us. But we're, we're going to this for ourselves. Because somebody along the way on our lives taught us how to do it. They got alongside us and said, Hey, no, I love you. But there's, there's some things I need to show you in your life that just needs a little bit of correcting. And, uh, and then you can go again. Let me tell you, after all these years of walking with the Lord, remember, shared a little bit of my story last, last week. Uh, 1993, I gave my heart to the Lord as an 18-year-old. Let me say, uh, 2023, I'm still being corrected in my walk with the Lord. I was in a meeting in Wellington, Prophetic Intercessors Conference. I sat at the back for two days asking the Lord, Lord, why am I here? Why am I here? Why have you got me here? On the last day, oh, it was classic, isn't it? God always waits to the last day. On the last day, on the morning of the last day, uh, I was praying with a whole bunch of other people at the steps of Parliament. And then after that, um, we were about ready to disband to go back and have breakfast before the start of the meeting. There was a pastor who's a prophet who just happened to be on the bottom of the steps and as I was walking past. And he said, No, what are you doing for breakfast? I said, Oh, I'm just going to go back to the room and, and get, some, get some breakfast at the hotel. And he said, Let's go and have breakfast. So we went with one other and we had breakfast together. After an hour, the, the third person left, and it was just me and him uh, around this cafe table uh, in this busy, uh, busy cafe. And then he said, no, I just want to let you know the Lord told me that I was supposed to come to this conference to meet with you. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> I'd, I'd love it if a pastor said that, but not a prophet, because they, you know, they're like... <laughs> anyway... He began to ask me a whole lot of questions. And for the next hour, I just went into a counseling session with him. We challenged everything that I said. You know how when you talk a lot and you're listening to what's coming out of your mouth and you just say, no, stop. You know, don't say that. Keep, you need to stop now. 
And, and you just can't stop yourself. And the more you talk, the more silly you sound and the more stupid everything comes out of your mouth. And he's just sitting there like this, mm, with a, you know, with that nod and that, I know better than you look. You know, there's like... <laughs> and he just kept asking questions and he, he basically, he just deconstructed everything that I thought of myself and then in my ministry. And I'll share this one. It's very personal, but I'll share this one thought that he gave me because I thought, man, I wish somebody told me this before. Um, but he said to me, I, he goes, what's the call of God on your life? What, what kind of gifts do you have? And I, and I said, well, you know, I believe I move in the prophetic and I, I step into it at times and I step out of it. I step into it and I step out of it. And he just goes, mm-hmm. Is that right? And then after I kept talking for a bit longer, he stopped me and he goes, no, wait. You never step in and out of who you are. If you're, if you're prophetic, then you're prophetic. If you're a prophet, then you're a prophet. You can't step in and out of who you are. And I'm just sitting there going, oh. I wish somebody told me this before. They're like 10 years ago. That would have been helpful. But he was right. And I just praise God that this guy, he wasn't actually that much older than I was. Um, but he was like a father to me in that moment. We, we need fathers. We need mothers who just are a little bit further down than us, who just see things at a different perspective than us. They, they have no, um, what's the phrase? Uh, horse in this race or no. Okay, I just made that up. All right. They, they've got no, they, they gain nothing from it. All they want is the very best for you. It, it, you know, whether they help you or they don't, they don't get anything extra from helping you. Put it that way. But they're willing to walk with you because they believe in you and want the very best for you. We need fathers. They mean somebody. Is that the time? Whoa. Let me just give you a couple of biblical examples of this. Moses and Jethro. Samuel had Eli. Esther had Mordecai. Ruth had Naomi. Timothy had Paul. The disciples had Jesus. They were all there to help develop and to grow us. Are you guys hearing this this morning? I, I believe for us today, because I've tried to say this before and it doesn't, Sometimes it, I feel like it, it, it doesn't land, and other times I feel like it does. But I believe this is the biggest challenge, or one of the biggest challenges in the church today, is, number one, that young, zealous, now young not in age, right? I'm talking about young in the Lord, zealous person who's just on fire for God. And they just want to do everything for the Lord. And, it, you know, I've been in this game a long time to kind of realize that they really need somebody to get alongside them early on in the piece. If they wait too long, they run into pit, pitfalls. And then on the other end, you've got the mature in the Lord who are going, well, I feel like I've got something to give, but I just don't know where to give it. I feel like I've got something to offer, but I just don't know where to go. No one's asking me to do anything. No one's, no one's shoulder-tapped me. No one's, you know, given me the, the red carpet. Somehow, in the church, we've got to connect those two together. 
Does that make sense? But here's, here's what I think. I think we cannot wait until there's a program that brings us together. I believe it comes out of relationship, out of doing life together. You begin to identify who the Esthers and the Timothys are, and you begin to identify who the Pauls and the Mordecais are. Does that make sense? And then it's about a relation, it's about a boldness and a step of faith in saying, hey, would you be willing to connect with me? Is that okay? I've got like five minutes to do a 25-minute message. It's not going to happen today. If, if I finish late, that soup is going to go cold. And nobody's going to like me after that. Uh, let me just write, read to you some, some other points real quick. You've got to allow God to speak into your questions and concerns. That's point number two. You've got to allow God to speak into your questions and your concerns. Um, do you know the Bible teaches us there's two types of wisdom. There's the wisdom of this earth, and there's the wisdom of heaven. Actually, in uh, James, it defines what the two wisdoms are, types of wisdom. Uh, in James 3 and 13, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good deeds, by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy, selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But... The wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. In verse 18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Did you see that? There's two types of peace. Ah, sorry, wisdom. There's the one of this world, which is largely based around selfish gain and ambition and pride, uh, it is all about self. And then there's the wisdom of heaven, which is actually all about wanting to see peace and wanting to see love uh, in a greater way. Are you guys getting that this morning? And so, can I finish by saying this? We need the wisdom of heaven. And Rick Warren, he says, this is how you get it. Because it's one thing to know you need it. It's another thing to try to figure out how you get it. Or this is what Rick Warren says. He talks about if you want a download from heaven, really there's only two ways to get it. It is through prayer and it's through the word. Through prayer and through the word. We need to keep praying upward to God. And then we need to keep getting in deeper into the word. That's how you develop the wisdom of heaven. Because within these pages, God has breathed on, and they all give life. And so it's, no, it's not just information in here. You need, you need to, through prayer, so here's how I do it. Lord, reveal to me what you want 
me to do in this situation. And then I go to the Word, and I'm reading, and I'll see something there, and I'll go, wow, I never saw that before, or that just feels right. And I meditate on that, and then I act upon it. Does that make sense? That's, the, that's how we get a download of the wisdom of heaven. But you see, I can't do it for you. No one can do it for you. That part you have to do for yourself. You have to be in prayer often, and you have to be in the Word often. You know, for us all today, the wisdom psalms are can be, if you allow it to, be life-changing. They can be life-changing. Uh, why? Because it gives us the steps on how to live out this thing called Christianity. It gives us the keys. You know, the Bible says, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, uh, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Uh, the key there is to, to yeah, tr- number one, trust in the Lord, but lean not on your own understanding. So don't rest on what you think. Don't rest on what you under- understand. You need to go to the Lord and get understanding from him. Amen, somebody. That, that, that's the key. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The prayer, my prayer for us all as we conclude this morning, I invite Sam back up, thanks Sam, is this. Number one, God will open a door for your life so that you can find, like Jason Weaver, the story we told, a mum or a dad who's just got your um, your heart, the best uh, for your life and mind. He wants, they see further than we do. They can see the pitfalls, they can see the roadblocks, they can see the stumbling stones, and they can speak into their situation. They've got nothing to gain from it except wanting to see the very best in your life. I believe we need fathers, amen somebody, and mothers like that in our lives. If you don't have one right now, ask God. Come on, you've got to ask God, Lord, give me somebody in my life. I've been blessed that over the years I've come across people that have been like a father in the faith to me. And they've, they've been there at different times uh, whether I've recognized I needed it or not. Point in case, this prophet in Wellington. I didn't realize I needed somebody to speak into my life until I was in the middle of a conversation going, man, How did I go so left field? How did I go so uh, left on on the journey that that God had for me? But praise God, he brought that person at the right time to intervene. And that's what these fathers do. Like Jethro saw Moses burning out, doing all the work, and he said, you can't sustain this. You've got to get others to help you in this, what you're doing. We need Mordecai's like Esther had a Mordecai who just championed you you're born for such a time as this just championing we need fathers and we need mothers in the faith amen somebody and we need to get a, keep getting that download of wisdom from God would you stand with me this morning
Just close your eyes where you are. I feel like the word of the Lord for many of us here this morning is this. We must not stop at knowledge when seeking the Lord. We must not stop at knowledge or information when crying out to God. We must keep pursuing God until we get revelation, until we see the actual steps on how to do life. We've got to keep persisting. Like Paul in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He was, he just kept pursuing God until he got that ability to be content regardless of situation, whether he had plenty or whether he had nothing. He could do all things through Christ. We've got to keep pursuing God until we get that revelation for ourselves. So right here in this place, I, I just want to pray a pray a prayer over you that God would unlock a whole new level of wisdom over your life that he would order your steps guide your steps so that you would come across the path of somebody that could be a father to you I'm not talking about somebody who's older than you are, I'm talking about somebody who has the level of maturity that would help you to grow And I pray, my prayer is this, that there would be fathers and mothers in this church that would actually take on that mantle and begin to look out for the Timothys, for the Esthers, for the Samuels in this place. Lord, I just pray over this church. I thank you for each and every one here this morning. That, Lord, in this moment of divine grace, of an atmosphere of faith, and I speak to this congregation this morning, I pray that you would fill each and every one with a new level of wisdom, a new level of your anointing, that you would, Lord, dwell within each one and take him through the seasons. I come against every uh, work of the enemy to put roadblocks, to put walls of discouragement, hindrance that would hold them back from maturing in you. And I pray that you would break them free to be all and everything that they are called to be in you. Father, I thank you for this congregation. I pray your blessing, supernatural work of grace over their lives right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you, Lord God, are going to break through like you've never done before in every single heart. And I say to you, it does not matter the stage you are, whether you're new to the Lord or whether you've been walking with the Lord for 20 plus years, 30 plus years, whatever it is, God wants to see you grow even further than that. Take you to the fullness of maturity in Him. So Lord, bless each one right now in the wonderful name of Jesus. We give you the glory. We give you the praise. 
for you are worthy of it all, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen. This has been another great message from Elam Church, Christchurch City. For more content and updates, come see us on our Facebook page or jump over to our website. Thanks so much for listening.